The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody. This episode today is really a full circle moment. I feel like the last episode that felt this full circle was the episode I did with Emily DiDonato. To jot your memory, it was the supermodel I was low-key obsessed with. And then we became friends and she came on and she told me all about her struggles. And it was just this aha, oh my gosh moment. That episode I loved. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. But today we are also having a very special full circle moment. So when I was a freshman at USC, I interned at Entertainment Tonight. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be, you know, like a Juliana Rancic. I want to be on TV doing red carpets and interviewing the stars. And at this internship, I remember seeing that they had a host. Her name was Kelty Knight. And she was just so beautiful and great at her job and enthusiastic. And she was fantastic. And I just got to see glimpses of her throughout the day on the lot. But as an intern, my role was much less fun. Um, I showed up every morning. I looked at my little paper and me and the other five interns each had assignments. And, you know, they really switched off between answering phones and getting tape and kind of doing tedious tasks, filing things, et cetera. So it's like a few weeks into my internship and I'm just, it's really boring. I just don't feel like I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm just seeing Kelty and she seems fabulous. And so I go out on a limb and I head over to Kelty's office. And honestly, you guys, I think this is a good learning moment of like, if you are in a situation where it's not beneficial for you, you're not enjoying it, or you want to make moves, like go make moves. And I made a move that day and it changed a lot for me. After, you know, my internship had ended at like three or whatever it was, I went over to Kelty's office. I knocked on the door. I popped my head and I said, hi, I just wanted to pop in and say hello and introduce myself. My name is Victoria Garrick. I'm an intern here. And I just want to let you know, I think you are fantastic. If you ever need someone to get you coffee or do things for you or run errands, please let me know. I am happy to do anything whenever for free. Just let me know. And so I basically just introduced her and was like, you're awesome. And if you ever need anything, you know, I'm an intern here. Let me know. The next day I show up for work and I look at my little sheet and I'm like, okay, what is it going to be today? Tape, phone calls, boring things. And I see next to my name, report to Kelty. And I was so excited. I think I like skipped over to Kelty's office and I was like, hi. And she was like, hi, um, I'm going to have you do some things for me today. And from that point on, the internship just changed and it was so much more fun. And Kelty showed me the ropes and she went out of her way to like bring me in the booth and she gave me her lines and she let me read her lines. And then she coached me on how I should deliver things and how to talk on camera. And, you know, she was teaching me how she did what she did. There was even a day where Kelty let me stand in front of the camera and she had the camera guys record a video to give to me, you know, for my reel, because at the time, this is what I thought I wanted to do. And It was just an incredible experience. And ever since that internship, Kelty and I stayed in touch. You know, anytime she needed anything, I was like, hit me up. I will do whatever you need. You know, she ended up becoming this even cooler mega star founding the Lady Gang, which has been so wildly popular. It's called the Lady Gang podcast. There's over 100 million downloads. And over, you know, the rest of my time at USC, there were moments I went over to Kelty's and I helped package boxes for the Lady Gang. And, you know, whatever it was, we kept in touch. And I'm so grateful for that. So fast forward to me kind of developing my platforms and really changing and growing a following and then starting a podcast. I was like, oh, my God, I would love to interview Kelty. But part of me was like, you know what? I should earn it. I should earn the right to feel like I even have a place asking Kelty to to come on my show because I knew she would do it. She's the nicest person ever and she just wants to help. But I was like, I want to build something so that I can send her a proper invitation and cite what the show is doing and who the guests have been and really like kind of show her respect in that way. And so I feel like I am... I am at least at a place where I can send Kelty that invitation and be taken seriously. And, you know, it's worthy of her time in some way. And so I recently reached out to Kelty and I said, you know, it is my honor to just ask if you would want to come on my show. And with everything that, you know, we've been through in our relationship and how I was this intern and 
You know, she's just so fabulous. This interview today was so special for me to finally come full circle with Kelty. Now, to do Kelty justice, I want to tell you guys about her bio because she is a badass. Kelty Knight is a New York Times best-selling author. She is the co-founder of the Lady Gang podcast. She is an Emmy-winning host, two-time Emmy-winning. She is also a former Radio City Rockette. And while Kelty is so successful, she's also so real and honest and down-to-earth about everything she's accomplished in life. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about what it is like to be an overachiever and how you can redefine success so that you can feel more satisfied with yourself and stop being so hard on yourself. And Kelty is the perfect woman for this message. And I am so excited for you to hear our conversation today. We're about to dive into this interview, but before we do, I want to give a special shout out to Maria Garcia, who left a five-star review and said, amazing. Definitely the best podcast I've ever heard. What a true inspiration and the best guests. I absolutely love it. Maria, thank you so much for this kind comment. It makes my day. I'm so happy you listen to the show. If you guys are enjoying the show, you can leave a comment on iTunes and a rating to let me know what you're thinking. Every single week, I like to shout out one of you and just say thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. It means the world to me. I know you could listen to a million other things. I know you could be doing other things with your time. I am so grateful and appreciative and I love reading your feedback. If you have not already subscribed to this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RealPod for behind the scenes and guest information. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with one of my idols and a very special person to me, Kelty Knight. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. Okay. Well, Kelty, how are you? How are you today? I feel like you're always going a million miles per hour. What's new? Yeah, this is one of those Mondays where I have, uh, you know, booked myself something every hour until six o'clock. So, you know, we, we, it's a hell of our own making, but I was so excited to see your face. And I'm just so like, I'm just so proud of you. I think that I have an eye for talent, you know, Ooh. but I remember when you were an intern over at Entertainment Tonight, you know, everyone really thought of you as like this pretty dumb blonde, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if they thought you were dumb, but like, you're just so beautiful in person. And oh so God. you're so tall and so striking that it's like, oh, this, this girl, like, just so beautiful. It must be so easy for her. And you're work ethic was so strong that I like took to you. And then to see what you've done in the past few years is fucking incredible. That means the world to me. And honestly, I've never like t- had the time to tell you this because I don't think I fully processed it as it was happening. But when I think about my experience at ET and then kind of getting to shadow you, you were for sure the first woman who ever helped me. Like when I think about women supporting women, I date back in any conversation like Kelty Knight. You provided opportunities for me that you did not have to. It was just so different than anything I experienced because coming from an athletic background, coming from USC, living in LA, it's so like, oh, I'm not sharing my secrets with anyone or you want every other girl to fail. And so you were just so selfless and I was so inspired. And the way that you made me feel, I was like, I want to make other people feel this way. I was like, I thinking of, I never like cautiously didn't help other women, but you went out of your way to help me. And it made such an impact on me that like, I've been forever changed. So I needed you to know that. (laughs) Yay. I'm so happy to hear that. And, you know, I think that going on and doing your thing is like the best thank you. Cause I'm just like, wow, that's like, this is, it meant something, you know? So yay. Yeah. And I honestly feel like so pulled to your work ethic. You mentioned that about me, but for you, like you're so driven. You're doing a million things. Have you found the balance between being insanely driven and maintaining good mental health? Because I have not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I am like deep in therapy this year because I had a little extra time. And the one thing that my therapist keeps saying to me over and over is you are not all good and you're not all bad. And I think that that has been the thing that has really struck me because when we get busy, 
we, all these other things fall off. So like our balance, our mental health, our relationships, our like eating right, our health, health, like, you know, all those things. I just get really busy and I live on diet Coke and I'm just like living by my achievements. And and that's not one way to live. And then I get mad at myself and I shame myself. I'm like, well, I'm an asshole person. I never return phone calls. Like she's like, you need to stop speaking about yourself in these finality things because you're not that way and you're not that way forever. Like you're not all good or all bad. And so for me, balance is not so much in the daily grind because when you're in show business, there's nothing you can do about the daily grind. The grind is what it is, but it's the way I choose to not live in shame about what that means for all the other areas of my life. So when I can't be a great wife, when I forget to phone someone back, when I forget a birthday, instead of beating myself up and being like, well, you're a terrible person. So you should just give up trying to be a nice person. I say, you know what? I'm going to give myself a little grace today. It's been crazy and apologize and make it right. So that's my thought. I love that thought. And honestly, it's like you read my mind. I literally wrote on a post-it note today. I will show myself grace. And I have, when I don't say the right thing, because I'm always like, was I nice enough? Did they take it the right way? You know, if I'm behind on my tasks and if I, I wrote, if I feel unhappy, sometimes I don't feel happy. And I'm like, you don't have a right to feel unhappy or, but you have X, Y, Z or, but you've been unhappy for like five days in a row now. When is this going to end? I, I think, you know, that labeling of I'm good or I'm bad or I'm this or I'm that, or I failed. It's like, can we just experience and be human and sometimes just not be perfect? <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think that as a public person, and I am sure that you would agree when you try to be perfect and you have this, this need to be perfect and well-liked and everyone to get what you're doing when people don't, it is heartbreaking for me being a public person. If you knew me, if you spent time around me in my real life, you would know that I pretty much want the best for everyone. You know, I might not always make eye contact because I'm super busy and in my head, but like for the most part, I think I'm a good, you know, positive person. And so when someone comes at me on the internet or they come at me because I'm this bad person, it's hard to not take that personally, but also I'm like, you don't know me. So, you know, I think giving yourself grace and then not listening to the peanut gallery too much. Like you can listen to it a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to learn from this. But I I think like we've set ourselves up to be in this echo chamber of like, great, 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 great. The world hates me and I now hate myself. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) I got to give myself like and give those people grace because they might just be wanting to be angry today. We're going to hold it right there because I need to tell you about Aura Organic. Aura Organic is a plant-based organic nutrition company with everything from protein powder and pre-workout to ingestible beauty supplements. They care about making healthy living fun, accessible, and easy while harnessing the earth's most powerful plants to transform your health. Today, I wanted to tell you about Aura Organics Greens Powder called Easy Being Green. Now, I love vegetables. You guys know I'm obsessed with carrots, but sometimes I don't always have them stocked in my fridge or I forget to go to the store. This greens powder has been a great and easy way to add more veggies and greens into my life. In just one scoop, I'm getting over 20 organic greens from both land and sea with none of the hassle. And their carefully crafted delicious citrus flavor comes from organic fruit and prebiotics, ensuring you will get all that natural and yummy flavor. Aura Organic also prides themselves on trying to provide the cleanest nutritional products around, and they've gone the extra mile to prove it. Every single one of their products is third-party tested for heavy metals and purity, and all these test results are available to the public on their website. On top of that, their products contain no hidden ingredients, so every product page on their website allows you to look through each and every ingredient, and you can see exactly what purpose that ingredient serves. Head to www.aura.organic today to check out the greens powder, easy being green, and take 15% off your first purchase when you use code REALPOD at checkout. But that's not all. If you decide to purchase a subscription, you'll receive an additional 20% off, totaling 35% off when you use code REALPOD at checkout. So head to www.aura.organic today and use code REALPOD for up to 35% off. You know those things you are too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating? Like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating because we're all kind of confused. 
together. So you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two. You mentioned your achievements and we should pause on that for a second because literally the amount of things you've accomplished is just unreal. And I'm pretty sure if you talk to any 18 year old female in LA, like they would look at your resume and say, those are all the things I want to accomplish. So in literally speaking to a woman who has lived the dreams of many, what does it feel like to be you? Do you actually get happiness from those things? Are you still chasing other achievements? Honestly, your story, it strikes me as an underdog story, right? Like you came from Canada, you didn't go to college, like you worked your ass off. And so if you've proven yourself, what's on the other side of that? That's such a great question, Victoria, because I think it's the the question of earth and our <laughs> lives on earth. I mean, it's it's such a big question. And I think it's the downfall of of the celebrity Hollywood world is that, you know, you give up so much and you think, oh, I'm I'm filled by this. I'm filled by this. It's okay that I don't have these other elements in my life. It's okay that I don't really like myself because they like me. It's okay that you know, I'm not confident because they think I'm confident. And I think the downfall that we see in so many celebrities and their struggle with mental illness is that, you know, the people going to show business at their core, I think, and this is general are, you know, pretty insecure. They're, they, they're people pleasers. They want to be loved by everyone in the room. My husband who has a private Instagram account cares at 0% about anyone knowing his name is the most confident person I've ever met in my life. He doesn't need any outside forces telling him he's great. You know, whereas I think performers were sort of in that, like I need to be liked. I need, I need the likes, you know? Um, so for me, it's a constant evolution of hitting a goal and realizing, oh shit, I don't feel any better about myself. <laughs> and it's like time and time again, like literally after each achievement, I feel like. Yeah. And it, and it's never going to end. I mean, when I was 15 and I was a classical ballerina, I was like, I'm going to get a job on a cruise ship. And then I got the job on the cruise ship. I was like, ooh, no, this is not it. I got to move to New York and I'm going to dance for Beyonce. And then once I was a rocket and I danced for Beyonce, I was like, I'm going to feel differently about myself. And I was like, nope, still sad little insecure Kelsey. I was like, fine, I'm moving to LA. Once I meet the love of my life, I'll feel better. Once I get this career, once I win it, I lost... I think I was nominated for three Emmys before I actually won one. I so was I like, there when Emmy, Emmy, two-time Emmy loser was like your tagline. And now yes. it's switched. <laughs> yes. And so I went to the award shows and I sat and I, we heard our name and then we lost. And it like, I was like, oh, if I could just win an Emmy, like, and have this trophy in my house, I would feel better about myself. It, it's, it's nothing. It, nothing ever fills you the way that you think it is going to fill you. And I think listening to your recent episodes on your podcast and just kind of following your content, I've seen you be the most aware of this now. You know, like I think recently, I don't know if it's like 2020. I mean, that hit everyone. But I feel like you have talked openly about shifting away from that achievement mindset. Was there a particular thing that sparked the change? Yes, I think that stepping away from working at Entertainment Tonight full time last summer was, you know, Lady Gang had gotten so big and it was, you know, there was a time in my life where I was shooting our show for E, writing a book, podcasting on our lunch break from shooting the show in my closet at my house because we filmed the show at my house and then still working 10 to 12 hours a day for ET. Like all of that was just in one day. Mm -hmm. I remember getting up at like four o'clock in the morning, getting my makeup done, going downstairs. We'd film from like six to eight. And then I ran across town. I interviewed Kim Kardashian at her son class launch. I came back, we podcasted (sighs) on our lunch break. We podcasted in my closet. We went back to film more. After that, I sat till like 11 o'clock at night writing the book. I mean, that was like the, the struggle. And I realized that if I wanted to have any sort of life that I was going to enjoy on my deathbed, that I I couldn't do both for much longer or else I was just going to burn out. And so, but with that, it was a heartbreak. It was grief. It was a heartbreak. It was an identity. It was a marriage. I had been working there for 10 years. You saw me at work. You know how much I loved all those people. So for me, it was really, really difficult. And while I was counseling myself on grief and going to therapy about this big life change that I never thought I would go through within that therapy is when I realized that 
I could place the importance of other things in my life at the same level as I could career achievements. So career achievements are not more special than personal relationship achievements. Making a great meal and sharing it with your lover or your friends is not less cool or less important than your career achievement. And for me, I had to retrain my brain to that because I have been programmed to only think career achievements are up here, they're A-list, they're the things that matter. And then like happiness, balance, (laughs) having a good time, having a great day at the beach, going on a vacation, reading a great book, like they're achievements, but they don't compare. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I had someone on who, he's a psychologist. He was brilliant. He talked about how, like, why can't success be defined as one interaction with a family member that is difficult for you? So I I very much understand where did this need to achieve come from? Like, were you raised in a household where you were only praised on that? So Freudian of you. (laughs) I grew up with a very tumultuous family dynamic. My brother is bipolar and um, we didn't know that at the time. And he, he was very loud and it was just dramatic. It was dramatic dealing with him. And so I was second born and I just hid in the corner trying to be perfect at all times because I didn't want to rock the boat any more than the boat had already been rocked, you know, by him. And it didn't feel like And I mean, it's no fault of my parents or or of anyone like it just I never felt super comfortable in my life. I never felt like I was where I belonged. And so when I was 18, I got out, you know, and I really kind of avoided my family. I avoided everyone that I had known growing up for like a good 10 years. And then I kind of like got back and, and fixed those relationships a little bit, but I was just trying to escape. And so my need to achieve was more a need for everything to be perfect and very calm and balanced. And I thought that in order to be seen by anyone that I would need to be doing something grand. When you say you didn't feel like you belonged, it interests me a lot because you're someone who I've never met anyone like you. Like you're infectious to be around. I mean, even your name is different. It's a beautiful name, but it's like I've never met another. I mean, I met one other Kelty when I was like ten. But I don't. I have to really think. Sure, hard sure. That. Thank you. <laughs> a true but original. Like, you're just someone who is different in the best way, and that in, that inspires me because I don't want to meet people who are the same, and I like can't think of someone else who at all like radiates at your frequency. But I could imagine that while that is something that captivates many, it also might make the person you feel like you don't fit in with those who are all very similar. Yeah. I mean, I think that this whole idea of fitting in and feeling comfortable at all throughout your life is like very oversold, maybe by the movies or whatever, like that some people out there have a friend group and they feel great about themselves in high school. Like, I just don't think that's possible in college, in your 20s, in your 30s. I'm expecting it in my 40s. Like, I think that that's way oversold. I think even the most and I use like air quotes, like popular or well-informed or seeming like they have it all together are, are really not in the way that you think they are. I think everyone's struggling in the way that like Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston and whoever else you idolize, like are probably struggling just the same as you. For me, the fitting in was that I was from this really small town and everyone's dream was to like get married and have children and like get a house. And my dream was like, I need to be in Italy on an adventure and I want to be wearing a sparkly G string. And like, I just didn't want the normal thing. And I felt really guilty by that for a long time because I was like, oh, I don't fit in. And I want these like, even I have the same best friend since the first grade, Katie. And she's married. She lives in Winnipeg. She's two kids. She's divorced now, but you guys are like the real firefly lane. We are. And, and it's like, I laugh at myself because I'll be like, oh my God, I was at Whole Foods and the kale was like $7. And she was like, you know, like the median house price in Winnipeg is like $34,000. Right. And I was like, so like a Tesla, like I'm just so LA, I'm so out of touch. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I used to feel really embarrassed by that, but now I'm okay with it. Quick pause for an important question. Have you had enough water today? 75% of Americans are dehydrated. Isn't that wild? 75% of people in the U.S. don't drink enough water. 
And all my years of playing sports helped me understand how important it is to be hydrated. And that is why I have a half gallon of water sitting here on my desk in a beautiful hydro jug. Hydro jug is here to take care of your hydration needs throughout the day. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than a half gallon. So you don't have to keep filling up a tiny bottle every hour or throw away tons of plastic. Big no-no. Hydro jugs are also dishwasher safe. They have a wide mouth opening and an integrated handle. Oh, and they're also shatterproof if you drop them. And on top of their incredible convenience and great function, hydro jugs are just cute, good looking bottles. There are so many bright and bold colors. You can customize it to your liking. They even come with a neoprene sleeve that slips right over the bottle to keep your water cold and accessorize the bottle as well. I'm currently rocking a pink bottle with a cheetah print sleeve. It's V cute if I do say so myself. You can check Hydro Jug out at www.thehydrojug.com and use discount code REALPOD to get 10% off your order. Hydro Jugs are game changers for anyone on the go, especially you athletes out there. I know you need to drink a lot of water. This is a great solution. Again, you can use code REALPOD for 10% off your brand new Hydro Jug at www.thehydrojug.com. When we fast forward to like being at ET, right? Like you're super career driven. You have these aspirations that are so high. I sometimes feel like I don't necessarily relate to a lot of my friends. And I don't say that to say I'm better than them. It's not a superior, inferior thing. It's literally just, and my boyfriend has to talk me down all the time because I went out this weekend with friends and like, I'm at the Darty and I just want to check my emails. I just am thinking about what I want to accomplish on Monday. Like, I'm just not there. And like, part of me gets really sad because I'm like, am I living the life I'm supposed to be living right now? But why should I feel bad about what brings me happiness? Did you ever feel that you were 10 years older than you were? (laughs) Yeah. And I will say to you and all of your young, beautiful listeners, this is the most important thing of your life. You've got to try to stay present. You will be successful in anything you do for the rest of your life. You are that person. I spent all of my 20s, all obsessively being that girl. Unless I was going out with someone who was going to further my career, I didn't go out. I stayed up working till two o'clock. And then I look back at my 20s and I was like, all those times that I should have been alive, I was just trying. I was working. I was getting to that next place. You're going to get to that next place no matter what. If you check your emails at Saturday night at a dinner, you check them Monday morning, you're still going to have the exact same level of success because that's who you are. It's, it's in your destiny. It's you're driven, like you're going to have it. And the thing is, is that success is not everlasting. So it's like they're foothills, they're not mountains. And so once you get the success that you think you're trying to get at this moment, then you're just going to be in the next Valley and trying to get the next success. So it's like, it lasts your whole life. Like I'm going to be 40 next year. And I literally last week was sitting at my house and I was like, I'm just so annoyed because I feel like I should be further along. And Chris is like, you run a multi-million dollar (laughs) business. You have Emmys, you have television shows, like you have a retirement account. Like he's like, you need to sit in your gratitude for your life. Like, how dare you? Like, it's so insulting, you know, to yourself. So you got to live. You will never be this young and unattached. And I mean like unattached and like you don't have a mortgage. You're not paying, you're not taking care of elderly parents at this point in your life. You're not worried about, oh my God, I got to save for my retirement, even though I hope you are saving a little bit for retirement. But it's like, this is the best time of your life. And I know you're in a serious relationship, so I'm not going to tell you to like go have sex with everyone, even though I would tell you to have sex with everyone. (laughs) That's probably advice I gave you at some point. But like, just live, just try. Okay, I want to get on to this deep moment you had because it's fabulous. But I want to quickly pause because you said, you know, I'm in a serious relationship. Max is the boy. I was, I don't even know if you remember this. I was texting. And I remember this. He was long distance. It. And you were like, you were like, Kelty, you literally look at me straight, which is, this is just, this is so you. You look at me straight in the eyes. I'm like an 18 year old, like hopeful freshman, like just falling in the you like, oh, he's definitely cheating on you. You're like, you don't live in the same place. Oh, he's cheating. Um, and it was so funny. You're like, nope, it's going to end. You're going to meet other guys. And I was just like looking at her like, I mean, she's been right about everything. Anyways, I'm still with Max. It's been five I years. I know so, you are. So that's the one just, thing I'm wrong about. So, so it's just, that was just so funny. But Yes. About you saying be present. 
Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I do feel like I try to find that balance. But part of me wonders, like, you're like, oh, it's going to happen if you don't, if you don't check the email on Saturday or what. And I'm like, I'm like, but is it? I'm like, maybe it will happen, but will it happen to the extent I want? And the other thing that sucks about our careers as like entrepreneurs and, you know, there's no end. It's not like we have an Olympics and we get the gold and then it's like over. And even for them, it's not over. They want to maybe go the next quad. So I've had this conversation with other influencers, like what amount of followers is enough? Who do you interview? And then you say, oh, I've made it in podcasting and there's no end. So I've realized we have to make it for ourselves somehow. Yeah. There's no end and there's no happy button. Like there's no thing that you're going to do. And when you do it, I was like, when I interview Oprah, I'll have made it. And then you interview Oprah five times and you're like, she's great. She's lovely. But like, I don't feel more. I will say the things in the last year, I've been doing so much soul searching to this exact point of like, when is it going to be enough? You know, and I, and I think the thing that I've pinned down is if I am comfortable enough in my livelihood, can I afford the things like my, can I pay off my credit card? Can I pay my bills? Can I pay my mortgage? Do I have a nest egg so that if it all blows up in my face, I don't have to worry about where I'm at? Do I have money and can I change other people's lives? Can I donate anonymously to places that I don't need it as an achievement of like, oh, Kelty gave this money to whoever. Like I can donate anonymously and just do it because it's something that I believe in. Do I have those ride or die friendships? You know, do I feel good that if my parents who are aging, you know, if they went into the hospital tomorrow, do I feel like I've spent enough time with them? Do I feel like I have enough memories? Do I have enough photos? Do I know enough about their history? Those are the things that make me feel rich. And those are the things that make me feel like I have achieved a life. The Emmys and the Gucci and the Us Weeklies are so fun, so fun, but they are not the things that make a life. So now that you've had these realizations and you said you've done all the soul searching, you are taking that knowledge with you into your lady gang career, which is still ever going. Like I, I sometimes, I don't know if you ever think about this, but I'm like, I'm like, are they going to be like grandma ganging and like, yeah, granny gang. Oh, granny gang. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, when we started lady gang, Jack was single. Jack just froze embryos. I mean, we have been through miscarriages and fertility and breakups and stalkers and houses and cities. And yeah, I think it's one of those things that as long as we're having a good time doing it, that we're going to continue to do it forever. You know, I definitely believe in granny gang. I'm there for it. I am here for that as well. So how do you function now in the lady gang behind the scenes, running the business with your new mentality on life? I'm trying to enjoy my weekends. I am. I, I, I have set some boundaries, which are so strange for me because you know I'm not this person. I mean, Victoria, when she was the intern, she would be, she was at my house, my old house in the garage packing lady boxes with my dad. I mean, it's like, I was like, it's Saturday. The whole family's here. We're going to fucking work for 12 hours and order a pizza. Like, you know, I I think I have a few boundaries where I'm like, no, tonight is I'm going to watch RuPaul's Drag Race in the hot tub and eat an ice cream sandwich. Like that's, that's my happiness. And you know, what's so interesting. And I don't know, I'm sure on real pod, you can like go find a scientist to explain this, but the minute that I started balancing or balancing is not a right word. Cause I have to, it's a struggle. Like the balance of struggle, struggle of balance. The minute I started giving myself a little time to be alive, my nails grew, my hair got shiny, <laughs> my skin got shiny. I was like, Oh, I can do this. And I wasn't thinking so obsessively about it. Of course, we're all going to be obsessive for the rest of our lives. But it's like, I feel like my outside was like, Oh, you're okay. Like my eyelashes have never been longer. Am I using an amazing serum? Not really. Like they're just fucking growing. I don't know what it is. Could you imagine like, you know, healthy, you are looking sunny tonight. What is the key to this? And you're like, good mental health. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know. I mean, it obviously I had this crazy experience for Thanksgiving. So for Thanksgiving, I went away to this retreat and I had a sound bath for the first time in my life. Have you done a sound bath? No. 
Okay. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a waste of time. And you're like, I'm no, it doesn't. It just sounds like something I've never heard. That's why I said it like that. Okay. So basically we like sat in this circle outside and you do these breathing exercises where you kind of like do this meditative, like two breaths out, a breath in, two breath out. And you do that for like 20 minutes. And then they just play the sound bath. And because we are like 98% water inside of us or whatever that, I don't know what, I'm not a doctor. Dr. Kelty says we're 98%. (laughs) Because we have so much water in our bodies and water surrounding our brains, the sounds in the sound bath, they rework all the vibrations of that water and allow your brain to like relax and feel things. And like your whole system goes, I'm sitting in this sound bath. I'm crying. I'm like weeping hysterically, like hyperventilating just because all of this vibration is, is the most insane thing. And I was like, you know what? This makes me feel better about every time I've been like, Ooh, when I work out, I feel a little better when I, you know, take care of myself, my mental health, I feel a little better on the outside. Like it's all connected. It is a thousand percent. And honestly, mental health is predominantly the scope of someone's mental health. No, you're not going to see by looking at them, but I think you can get a glance. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure looking at me this morning, you're not shocked if I told you I've cried every day for five days consecutively. But, and, and you know, that's why I'm like not wearing makeup. I, I woke up early to turn something in. I didn't hit the deadline. Like I, and honestly, that's why I was like, it's going to be nice to interview Kelty today. I'm like, if I wanted to talk to anyone, it would be Kelty because I just feel like she's had these mornings as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I understand. And it's, definitely people glow and you can see their happiness kind of outwardly shine. But the thing is, Victoria, is that you cannot shine unless you cry, you know? So when you cry, when you get upset, when you cry for five days straight, when you miss a deadline, all of those things happen so that when things go your way, you can lean in and like really enjoy that. You know, Mm -hmm. like I cry all the time. I'm I, I, my husband always says to me, like, these are the stages of my grief, jealousy. First, I see someone do something else, something I wish I was doing. And I get really jealous and I get really mad. and I get really nasty, like inside myself. I don't like put it out. Then I get committed. Then I'm like, I'm going to do that thing. Then I get super determined where I work my ass off and then it comes true. And then I get super fucking sad again because I've like, hit the goal and I have nothing to live for. And then I got to find the next thing to be jealous of so that it like poops me into like the place, you know? But I think that I've spent so much of my life trying to not be upset or to not show that it's hard or have those lows. But the lows, like that's that's the, that's the champagne of life. Like that's right. the shit that makes the rest shine. Because you you wouldn't have the highs if you never had the lows. Everything would just be like mediocre plateau in the middle. So you need the I mean, sadness. It's so it's so cliche to say, but it's like it's not worth it if you're not on your hands and knees begging for it to happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like I don't want it to be hard anymore for me because I'm old, but like it should definitely be hard for you. Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) And I also think too, you know, something that is important is like, it's going to take hard work to get awesome things in life. And if, if I wasn't crying five days in a row, if it wasn't really hard. And also it's like, I love what I'm doing. Like when I was interning, I thought first I thought I wanted to work in entertainment journalism. And then I had that internship and it was nothing to do with you, but I just realized entertainment journalism wasn't for me. And so then I switched sports journalism and then I was going through all my own stuff as an athlete. So I was like, oh, I don't want to report on the game and the statistics because I don't think it's as important to me as telling the story of what's, you know, happening off the field. And so it's like, I love what I do, but doing anything awesome or that's worth having. Yeah. Like you said, you got to be on your hands and knees begging for it. It's going to be difficult. So yeah, yeah, no. And it's a good reflection is like, sometimes when you're sad or it's stressful, you can just sit back and say, well, this is the grind. Like this is a part of having something really beautiful in the end. And the thing is, is that I just want to say this, like we we're so into this, like grind mentality of like, I grind so hard. And the thing is, is that whether you're an entrepreneur and you're doing your own thing, which is where I'm at in life, or like my husband who works for a company and gets a paycheck, like if he's great this week, 
he gets the same paycheck. And if he's bad this week, he gets the same paycheck. Like that's a different level of stress because you're kind of scared you're going to get fired all the time. For me, I'm not scared of getting fired. I can't get fired. I'm the owner. But if I don't work this week, I don't get paid. If I don't work hard this week, we don't get to that next thing. You know what I mean? It's a different kind of pressure. Mm -hmm. So I think you should really just give yourself post-it note of grace. Yeah, I know. I gotta, I gotta add like seven more things to it when we're done. What is it now that brings you happiness and how do you not seek that approval anymore externally? I absolutely still seek the approval. I just want to be like 100% clear. I am actively working in therapy and writing and myself to try to overcome that at every step of the way. Right now, I'm working on a project that is secret. I can't talk about it. I can't tell you. I'll tell you offline. (laughs) But I've been working on it for almost nine months, and we're probably a month away from announcing it. And I'm bursting at the seams to have something publicly, outwardly, that everyone could be like, job, Kelty. Because it's like I've been fueling myself and my own like, good job, Kelty, pat on the back. And that's exhausting. I just want someone to clap for me. And like, so I just want to be very, very clear that I am not over it. I'm working against my natural inclination to want to be approved at all moments. But what I will say is that I am less worried about what the entire world thinks and more interested in what the community of women that we have built in Lady Gang thinks. So I think when I was on TV a lot, I was like, I want to be the female Ryan Seacrest. I want everyone to know my name. And now I'm like, I'm okay if I'm never in Us Weekly again. Like, I don't need that anymore. But I do want our community to have their lives changed. Like, I do want them to feel something or have a better life because they've become part of the Lady Gang community. And I think that's a great first step is like, okay, it's not realistic for me to not give AF what anyone thinks of me, but I can just shift to the people that I actually do care for and I do want to value their opinions. And look, your Lady Gang community is not going to rip you to shreds. If they didn't like something, they would be like, healthy, we love you, but this missed mark. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't hurt your feelings. So I think, well, I mean, people (laughs) definitely hurt my feelings and people come for us and they definitely tear us apart. But the people that matter, I think the people that are really invested in the community, it's like, I wouldn't go to your dinner party and then sit at the dinner table and tell you that you're a fucking idiot and a bitch and awful. I would say, "Mm, Burnett is not for you, girl. Never. Don't cut bangs. You know, I would tell you like kind of, but like, I only take that feedback from people that I love and trust. I don't need it from the peanut gallery because I already know all my flaws. I know all of them. I know them that some that you don't even public even want to know about. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I am so well aware of the darkest sides of me that I don't need other people coming at me and bringing it up to the surface. Like it's already there. So I would rather take that criticism from other people, people that I love. Yeah. I mean, it it hits three times as much when someone else points out the thing that you already hated. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you don't think I know that this was a mistake. I've been thinking about it 24 seven for the last three years. Of course I know it was a mistake, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's another thing. It's just like, that's something sports taught me is we have to move on to the next point. Like you just can't linger. You have to move on to the next game. So I feel grateful that I kind of learned that lesson. Like you know, ruminating on the past isn't going to change the past. It's just taking away from me living now and possibly adjusting the future. My old boss, Brad Bessie, he taught me something. I was always constantly afraid of making mistakes in front of him because he was really hard. And I had this little mantra, make better mistakes tomorrow. You're always going to make mistakes. Just try not to make the same mistake over and over again. Just like switch gears, make a better mistake tomorrow, make a more informed mistake tomorrow because you can't not make mistakes. Right. Your energy, like obviously you wake up and you're like, just, you are a go-getter. Like all the the hours you mentioned you worked while doing the show and everything. How do you maintain that energy? What are your secrets? Like when you, do you ever wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this shit. And then you do it anyways, or do you cancel your day and do it the next day? Like, how do you manage being a 10 out of 10 all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have two. My mom was actually just on Lady Gang and she was discussing this because it is something that people, because they never see me in the down. She's like, no, Kelty is like a 10 or she's a minus 10. Like I'm either, when I'm going, I go. When I make something, it's in the date book. I have to do this at nine. I have to do this at 10. I have to do this 11. Like I go, 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 go. And I give it 100%. And then the days when I don't, like I make sure to not plan something for myself. I am the slothiest sloth. 
there are times that I do not get out of bed until 4.30 p.m. I will lay in bed, I will read, I will take a bath, I will then take a nap after my bath, and then I will sleep again. I love to go to the spa. Like I will, I will work so hard and then I will spend a thousand dollars at the spa just to like have a day of rest. Like I sloth so fucking hard. And that's the only way to do it. Do you have any non-negotiables like that keep you in that? Like I'm going to wake up at seven. I do my makeup. Like, are there like a few things that you do that help you keep that 10 out of 10 when it's there? For me, one of the non-negotiables that I'd negotiate against myself every single day is some sort of physical fitness. I lately in the past year have been working out at 4 PM, which is the worst time. Cause like I've all day, I'm like guilty myself. Like Kelsey got to work out. Kelsey got to work out. Kelsey got to work out. Kelsey got to work. Then I work out and then I'm like, oh, and then it's going to be tomorrow again. And then I'm going to have to, you know, there's no part of me that like enjoys a workout. I'm not like, I love a dance class, but like, I'm never like, oh my God, I can't wait to go for a run. But if I don't, I get so sad. Like I really need the endorphins of just doing something physical and getting it out of my body. So, yeah. uh, that's the non-negotiable. I gotta, I gotta do it. And when I don't, I feel like shit. <laughs> I love that. That's been quite the adjustment for me because I was being forced to work out every single day, five, six days a week for hours. And now I'm figuring it out myself, but it's really hard. This, this time in your life, in your twenties, when you go from like, I, I went through the same thing when I was dancing and then I, I kind right. of went onto like, you were essentially a pro athlete, right? Exactly. And, but when you're in your studio or your school or whatever, you're, you're, you go to school all day and then you work out for like six hour day and then you're in the gym and then you're strengthening. And then to go into like your casual mode of your life is very hard. It's very hard on your body. It's very hard on your psyche because you will never be the same shape or fitness level you were when you were like a professional athlete. Again, you can do every Pilates class, every workout. There's something about when you get into like, like super burn mode of like being a professional athlete. And it's really hard. That's why I love what you do. It's really hard to still love yourself in your post-professional career body. For sure. Yeah. Even like Easter, I literally put on a dress and my legs just usually, my legs have always been toned, like from when I was 14. And this was the first time I was like, they just look like squishy. And, you know, I had to sit with that for the night and like, you know, it, it's an adjustment for sure. Um, and that's the thing about our bodies too, especially as women, like they're going to change so many times. I remember thinking, oh, your body only changes once. It's when you get like tits and then it's like, no, it's going to change a million other times. <laughs> no. And, and again, it's a process. Like, I think where we trip ourselves up is like, if I do this thing, if I eat this thing, if I do this workout, then I'll get to this point where I win the Emmy. I have the body of my dreams and you'll all of a sudden it'll just stay there and you'll feel good for the rest of your life. That's not how it works. You get there and you're like, oh my God, I worked out so hard. I look amazing. I'm on my vacation. I'm taking this bikini selfie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you got to keep working out if you want to keep that look, you know, or whatever it is. But that's the thing is if you're having to wake up every day and it's literally such a task to eat certain foods or work out or like keep your shape. It's not the natural shape you're supposed to have. Like I'm a firm believer in that. If it's taking all the energy out of you and it has to be the number one thing on your day, like that's just maybe not the natural shape your body is supposed to have. But of course we live in a society that tells you that we all have to look one way. So then, you know, you feel insecure that your natural shape. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I love that you guys in the book, um, really kind of touched on appearance, the Botox, cause not a lot, not a lot of women in your position are doing it. And so I think it's great to, to admit it, unlike the people who don't, and then try to play it off as their workouts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's just being honest. And, and the thing is, is like, just get ready for this later on in your life. Like right now your your body's changing, but you still have like thick hair and beautiful, youthful skin. And, you know, the sun has not damaged your collagen to the point where you wake up in the morning and you look like Magda, which you probably don't even know who that is because you're so young. You haven't seen that movie, but like you wake up and you have like a crunkly old grandma chest from like just sleeping on your side. Like there's so many more changes that are even harder to swallow that are coming. And so it's so important that like you do the work to just enjoy your human entire self because it just gets harder. Like I have had such a hard time in the past three years because when you're about to hit 40, it's like 
it's a game changer because everything starts happening that everyone said was going to happen. And you were like, no, 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 but I'm special. And I wore sunscreen. Like I'm not going to have this. <laughs> and then it, it does. And you're like, oh my God, like there, there's a, there's a part of your chin that you will never get back. And you just, <laughs> God, if you, if you, if you don't start trying to love yourself until your late thirties, like I did, you're at such a disadvantage. Like I'm so happy for what you're doing. And I'm so happy you're trying to figure it the fuck out in your twenties because there's a long life ahead of you. And there's going to be a lot of shit you hate about yourself. But like, if you can just at least try to get on the path to like it and not have it be so horrible and such a brain fuck, then like, yay for you. You know, (laughs) we talk about granny gang. I'm like fully prepared. People are always like, where are you going to go in your career? I'm like, well, I will literally continue document. I will be mommy blogger. I will be aging. I'm like, whatever. We will old post, real post, old post, whatever it will be. I'm like, we'll keep going. So, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, exactly. And that's what I think like with lady gang, it's like, the reason why we've been able to have this thing for five years is, and it wasn't built on like, oh, we're 35. Like now when we were first dating people and stuff, when we, I was just brand new married. And now we're like in that fertility section of our life. And then we're going to be in the menopause section of our life. Like we all need friends and guidance through all the different eras. Life is long, hopefully God willing. And like, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I'm so proud of you. I really like have watched your videos and I remember specifically, this is so funny. I remember specifically being in the office and you're like, I want to do this thing where it's like kind of about athletes and like, you know, like body image and stuff. And I was like, you're so tall. You're so beautiful. You look amazing in this white dress on the green screen while I'm having you like read these like you know, opens and stuff for the show. And I was like, you're so beautiful. You could never have issues. And I was like, literally that person that was like, there's nothing to, yeah, I would die to look like you. And then what you've done and how you've opened my eyes and everyone's eyes about how messed up our brains are has been game changing. And I'm so glad the world knows about you. Well, it's crazy because it's like, you're thinking that about me at that internship and I'm at the internship all day long thinking about how I can't go to the break room and have a muffin. Like, you know, cause I wasn't, I wasn't past that yet. And so right. you just never know what anyone's going through. Totally. Yeah. Such a good lesson. Yeah. But thank you. You're the best. Um, can't wait for the special surprise in a month. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Let me text you right now. So you know what it is. Okay. And tell the lady gangers, I, I love them, miss them. Keep it up. You're the best. Bye babe. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.